Good, thank you, Brad. And it's good to be here to see you all. I recognize most of you, at least the ones without the masks I recognize, but <laughs> yes, it's, and thank you for the invitation to be here. And uh, it's been, it feels kind of strange to be back in a church uh, since middle of March, right? Four months. So it's good to be here. And it uh, uh, seems hard to believe, like our church is not opening until, the church that we regularly attend is not opening till the end of August. So it's good to be, to be here today. And speaking in the invitations, that is actually the, the topic that I'm going to be speaking about today, is God's invitations. So when was the last time that you can recall being invited to something special? Maybe it was a birthday party, maybe it was a wedding, maybe it was some kind of an event to go to. Not a lot of events we're going to these days, right? But you might have to think back a little ways. We, we had a recent invitation to my, my niece's wedding in uh, Chilliwack, BC, that's happening next weekend. That was the most recent invitation that uh, I can recall at this point. And it's nice to be invited, to be included. It makes us feel special and important, and it's an honor and a privilege. Perhaps one time you've got an invitation for a wedding from a third cousin or a, a distant friend. You went, wow, I didn't think that we rated to be invited, but yet you got that invitation. You were so thrilled and pleased and felt honored that you got that invitation. Well, in the Bible, God offers many invitations, and it's because of his great love that he has for us. He is our creator our Savior, our friend, our Father. And He knows what's best for us. And so He invites us, and He offers many good things for us. But God is very polite. When He offers something, He doesn't force us and says, you have to take this or else. Rather, it's an invitation to receive what He has to give to us. And he graciously invites us, and he patiently awaits our response. So this morning, we're going to take a look at several of God's invitations. The first one is an invitation we've already practiced this morning. And I was very pleased that, uh, to hear the invitation to confess our sins and to receive God's forgiveness. God invites us to receive his forgiveness and salvation. At the time of the prophet Isaiah, the nation of Judah had fallen far from God's standard and plan for the nation. In the first chapter of the book of Isaiah, the prophet makes a long list of all the sins that the nation of Judah had done. They had broken their covenant and their promise to God. They had gone after idols. They were oppressing the poor. They were acting unjustly to the weak and to the needy. They were not standing up for the rights of the oppressed and the orphans and the widows. They were committing immorality. They were greedy and self-serving. But even though they were so very wicked, God sent his prophet Isaiah not only to warn them of future judgment, but to offer 
God's gracious forgiveness. Here's the verses in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. So I quote from Scripture. Come now, let us settle the matter, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. What a wonderful promise and invitation to receive God's forgiveness. Jesus also calls sinners and offers them forgiveness. Here's the words of Jesus, or here's a story about Jesus from Luke chapter 5, verses 30 to 32. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples, why does Jesus eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. This invitation of salvation is also illustrated in the parable of the banquet. So I'm just going to read from Luke chapter 14, verses 15 to 23, the parable of the banquet. When one of those at the table with Jesus heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began making excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be filled. Jesus offers an invitation to his banquet, which is analogy, analogy of salvation. As individuals, we have all fallen short of God's standards. We have been selfish. We have rebelled against God. We have put idols in the place of God's place in our lives. We have disobeyed God's word. We have harmed others. We have grieved God with our sinful choices. And yes, we are deserving of God's punishment and judgment. But yet God graciously, graciously offers to us an invitation to receive God's gift of forgiveness. This invitation to God's banquet is an offer of salvation. And we must reply to the invitation. And we do that by confessing our sins, which we did this morning, by repenting of our sins, and then by faith receiving God's offer of forgiveness so that we no longer have to carry the burden of guilt 
and sin and shame because we've received God's invitation and gift of forgiveness. And even having received God's salvation, you know and I know that we do still sin, don't we? And we need to continually then confess, repent of our sin, and by faith receive God's gracious offer forgiveness. That's why we were here this morning and we were reading that prayer of confession because yes, we've all sinned throughout our week and we need to confess. God's offer and invitation to forgiveness is an ongoing offer. The next invitation is an invitation to follow Jesus. We see this in Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. We are not just invited into salvation and a relationship with God, but we are also invited to follow Jesus. Come, follow me, Jesus says. Imagine that you are younger and that you really like sports, and I'm not sure what sport you really like. Maybe it's gymnastics or figure skating, or maybe it's hockey or soccer or volleyball or basketball, but just think of a sport that that you really enjoyed and maybe you were training for when you were young and you were so excited and you were practicing and you were training and, and you tried out for the team and, and you were invited onto the team and you got accepted and you were so excited, right? And you trained and you practiced and then the game time came and the coach just had you sit on the bench and no opportunity to be in the game. Can you imagine your disappointment after your passion to play and your practicing and your training and just don't get a chance to play. I'm sure you would be very upset and disappointed. The thing is that we are on God's team and the joy is and the invitation is that we get to play. We get to not only be on God's team to be in his family, but we get to participate in playing. And Jesus uses the, I'm using it in a sports analogy, but Jesus uses the fishing analogy. He says, come, come with me, we're going fishing. I don't know how many of you have actually gone fishing, but I imagine if you went fishing, you probably had a fishing rod and you probably had a net. And I hope that you went fishing and you were able to actually catch a fish. Anybody here has gone fishing and never caught a fish ever? <laughs> I hope not, but I had, I'm teaching English as a second language and one of my students uh, was telling me they, they had gone to the West Coast recently and they rented a fishing boat with some of their other friends. And they went fishing. How exciting. I said, well, did you catch anything? And she says, actually, I, I didn't fish. <laughs> she was just in the boat. I thought, wow, what a chance, an opportunity to actually fish, you know. But the thing is, we have an opportunity. Jesus invites us to be his followers, to be his disciples, and to go fishing with him. Jesus calls us to make disciples. He invites us to a life of purpose and meaning. We can be involved in his great kingdom work. It's a great honor and privilege to be on God's team and to follow our coach, Jesus. He is the best leader. And we are invited into a life of obedience 
and allowing Jesus to be in control of our lives, which gives us direction and purpose and meaning to our lives. In biblical terms, Jesus calls us to be his disciples and to make disciples. That's the invitation that he's given to us. So we see that God has invited us to receive the gift of salvation and forgiveness of sins. He also offers us the opportunity to be his followers and to be involved in his great kingdom purpose of making other disciples. But God's invitations do not stop there. God has invited us to an abundant life. I'll read John chapter 6, verse 35 says this. Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Another passage of invitation Jesus makes is in John chapter 7, verses 37 to 39. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, Rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. And another invitation. Jesus says this in John chapter 10, verses 9 to 10. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Abundant life. That's the invitation. That's the offer that Jesus makes to us. Imagine that you were at uh, uh, Safeway or Sobeys, because uh, Grace is here, so maybe I'll use a Sobeys illustration. And you've seen it every once in a while, like the, the scratch to win. Have you ever seen, ever seen those in the grocery stores? They have scratch to win, and you, you take your key or whatever, your fingernail, and you scratch, and you can win a prize, right? Well, imagine that you're at Sobeys, and you get the scratch to win, and you look, and you scrape it open, and you, I've just won a car. I've just won a house, maybe. Or I've just won $10,000. Wouldn't that be exciting? And I imagine that you would probably accept it. Accept that house, accept that car, accept that $10,000. It's not likely that you would say, well, you know, I've got a 2003, you know, Ford. I'm fine with that. I don't need that new car. You know, I've got my two-bedroom little house. You know, I'm happy with that. I don't need another new house. You know, so it's, it's, it's 35 years old, my house, or 40 years old. It's fine, you know. Or I don't need all that extra cash, you know, 10000 What's that, you know? I don't need that kind of money. I got, I got a $300 in the bank, you know. It's, it's good enough for me, right? Not likely that you would say that, right? You would likely receive that invitation. You receive that offer. You know, God offers us so much for our lives at so many levels. He offers us peace and love and joy. The fruits of the Spirit, He offers us wisdom. He offers us His presence. He offers us purpose and meaning in life. He offers us that we can be fruitful. Why would we be content with a mediocre Christian life when God offers us so much? Another analogy. Why would we be content with a hot dog from Costco 
when we are offered a banquet at the Hotel McDonald or the Delta or a beautiful, famous, wonderful banquet buffet. Well, maybe if you're a kid, you'd still prefer the hot dog. I'm not sure, right? And maybe they're, you know, their hot dogs are pretty good. I like the hot dogs at Costco, I must admit. But, you know, when you can have a banquet, like when you go even to a fast food place, like do you just order a hamburger? Most people, they will go, they want the full meal deal. They want the pop. They want the fries. They want the salad. If my wife, she wants the salad, of course. And, you know, you want to have the full meal. In fact, even supersize it, right? Supersize. You want to have the full meal deal experience. Well, can you imagine saying to God, well, God, you know, I just want a little bit of your joy. I just want to, you know, just a little bit of, that's all. I just need a little bit of love. Or I just need a little bit of patience. I just need a little bit of what you have to offer. No, God is offering us the full meal deal. He's offering us himself. He's offering us his spirit. He's offering us joy and peace and love. Let's not settle for less. As individuals and as a church, I encourage us all to receive all the blessings God has invited us to receive. And I trust we will accept God's invitation to be transformed into all that God has planned and designed for us. In Paul's prayer that he mentions in Ephesians, he says, he asks that all believers be filled up to all the fullness of God. What an amazing thing, to be filled up with all the fullness of God. And lastly, the invitation I'm going to talk about is an invitation to intimacy. Not only does Jesus invite us into a new and abundant life, a part of that, he invites us into an intimate, personal relationship with himself. In John chapter 14, verse 23, Jesus says, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Scripture tells us in other places that when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit, God himself, comes and lives within us, within us, within our spirits. God lives in us. He is with us. We can't be more intimate than that, can we? In John 15, verse 15, Jesus says this, I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. Isn't that amazing? Jesus is not just a distant God, but he invites us and you and me to be his friend. I grew up with uh, three sisters, and often I would hear my, my sisters talking, and even my, my two daughters too, uh, about their friends. And it wasn't just having friends, it was about having a best friend. This person's my best friend, or this person's not going to be my best friend anymore, but this person's going to be my best friend. But isn't it great to have a best friend? Someone you can share experiences with, do things together, cry together with, celebrate together, and just hang out together. It's great to have a, a best friend. And Jesus offers to be that best friend for us. He's our friend. Recently, I listened to a debate between the atheist 
and evolutionist Richard Dawkins in a debate with Professor John Lennox. And Richard Dawkins, the atheist and evolutionist, said this. He says, even if there is a God, why would he be interested and concerned about us puny, insignificant individuals here on this small little planet of Earth? And John Lennox was explaining and saying, but that's the greatness of God, that God is so great that even because he is so great, he's able to actually care about us, to know about us intimately. As scripture says, give all your cares to God because he cares for you. That's how great our God is, that he knows even the numbers of our hair. He knows every detail about our lives. He loves us and cares for us as a father and as a friend. What a wonderful invitation that God gives us to be our friends. There's a story that illustrates this, that illustrates a verse in the Bible. So first I'm going to tell the story, then I'm going to share the verse. The story goes this. In 1773, King George II offered a piece of property to Sir Robert Walpole, England's first prime minister, as a gift for his service to the nation. Sir Robert did not accept the gift for himself, but he says, you know what, I want this gift to be for the office of the prime minister. And so he donated that gift of the property to the office of the prime minister. And the address, as you probably heard it, is 10 Downing Street in London. Never been there. But it is located close to the House of Parliament. The property is the British equivalent to the White House or to our Canadian home there on Sussex Drive there. And it is both an office and a residence of Great Britain's Prime Minister. It has, it's apparently, it has 100, it's a 100, 100 room mansion where the Prime Minister works and entertains guests and national leaders and things like that. But it has a very unique door. It had a PowerPoint, but it wasn't able to put it up this morning, uh, a picture of it. Does anybody know the unique feature of this, this door of 10 Downing Street? Well, the unique feature of this door is that there is no handle on the outside. That the only way that this door can open is if someone on the inside of the door opens it. And there's actually a picture, a very famous picture of this verse that I'm going to read. And you've probably seen the picture as well of Jesus standing at the door and knocking. And if you look at the door in that picture, like the original painting of that, there's actually no handle on the outside of the door as well. There's only a handle on the inside of the door. And the verse of scripture that I'll read is Revelations chapter 3, verse 20. It says this, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Jesus' offering, offer of entering and eating is a symbol of friendship and close fellowship and intimacy. And this is the desire of my heart, and I hope it's the desire of your heart as well. To really experience God's love, to be in love with Jesus, to have him as our best friend. Not just a head intellectual understanding of God's truth and love, but to really experience God's love 
and intimacy with us. I trust all of us want to accept God's invitation to grow deeper in our love and intimacy with Jesus. So we have seen this morning, in conclusion, in summary, that God is an inviting God. He makes offers to us as individuals. He invites us to receive his gift of salvation. He invites us to receive his offer of forgiveness. He invites us to be his followers. He invites us into a purpose, a life filled with meaning as we go and make disciples. He invites us to an abundant life. To allow ourselves to be transformed into all that God created us to be. To be filled with the fullness of God. And he invites us to intimacy with himself. That we will have a truly satisfying and life-transforming experience. Which one of these gracious invitations can you relate to this morning? How will you, how will I respond? We are to reply to God's invitation. And I trust that the invitation, the reply is to say, yes, Jesus, yes, I want that. I want to be part of your family. I want to be forgiven. I want to have all that you have for me to, me, for me to offer you. I want that for myself. And I want an intimate relationship with Christ. Yes, we respond as individuals, but we also respond as a church. God's invitations are offered in the context of community. So I believe that God is inviting this church to receive his invitations as well and to experience them in community. It is my belief that as we continue to say yes to these invitations of God, that God will not only bless our individual lives, but will bless this church as well. Let's take a moment of silent prayer and just allow God to speak his truth into your heart and give you an opportunity to say yes to God's invitation. Let's pray silently and then I will lead in prayer. Father God, we thank you for your great love for us. We thank you for your gracious invitations that you give to each one of us as individuals and as a church. I pray that in the days ahead that we would continue to hear your voice and continue to say yes to your invitation of forgiveness, of salvation, of following you, of an abundant life, and of intimacy with you. We love you, Jesus, and we bless you and praise you. As we go from here, may we be filled with your Holy Spirit and live the life you would have for us. In Jesus' name, amen.